0: We're closing in on two weeks of free agency. What have been the best moves and maybe the most disappointing moves that the Seahawks have made to this point? Nick Lee and I are going to be dishing out our free agent superlatives on a jam-packed Blue Friday episode of Locked On Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day greetings 12 this is corbin smith your host for locked on seahawks joining me for our blue friday episode my co-host nick lee thanks to all of you for making locked on seahawks your first listen five days a week Got a ton on tap for today's episode, some free agent superlatives now that we're two weeks into free agency. You know how fast this goes, Nick, once we get rolling into the offseason and a lot of players still out there on the market. A lot of contracts that have already been signed as we draw close to the drafts. So it's are going to be kicking out some superlatives. And we're also going to take another look at the quarterback situation because this is going to continue to be a revolving storyline. A number of names still out there that the Seahawks could bring in to compete against Drew Locke and Jacob Eason. Now for your lead story here on Locked on Seahawks. Speaking of the quarterback situation, it's been nearly three weeks since the Seahawks sent shockwaves throughout the NFL by trading Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos for a King's ransom of draft picks and three veteran players. And over the past few weeks, we've seen some opinions from former players trickle in and most players seem like they weren't very surprised by this trade. And with all the speculation and rumors that were out there, maybe none of us should have been surprised. There really was fire, not just smoke. There was legitimate fire. Russell Wilson wanted out, and he was able to make it happen here this month going to the Denver Broncos. K.J. Wright being the latest yesterday saying that he and Pete Carroll were not seeing eye to eye, so he was not surprised at all that the two team, that the two parties split up. But if there was one person that was actually surprised by this deal, it was receiver DK Metcalf speaking with Kevin Garnett on his podcast yesterday, indicated he was very shocked and believed that Russell Wilson was going to play his entire career in Seattle. And maybe that's just the receiver hoping his quarterback was going to be staying put to get the football to him. But nonetheless, some really interesting comments from him on how he found out this trade was going to go down and also had some interesting comments on the departure of Bobby Wagner.
1: Yeah, I thought the uh, the way he spoke about Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner being cut, it was kind of like that... Uh... That meme that's gone around ever since that Loki this Loki series has gone out. It's you know that he talks about Russell Wilson being. I was like, well, that's very sad. Anyway, and then he just keeps talking. He talks about Bobby Wagner and such with such depth and such and a heartfelt, um, just disappointment and heartbreak. Really, in calling Bobby Wagner a big brother. They they were he would go over to Bobby's house all the time, and clearly Bobby had taken Metcalf under his wing. Even though it's it's interesting with him being a defensive player. I mean, not that they had this giant divide between offense and defense, but you'd think that that would be something a quarterback would be doing to his young receiver. But Bobby Wagner was the one really that, that kind of led the way and, um, and really made an impact on Russell on, on on DK Metcalf. And, and really it's, it it looked like that departure cut Metcalf perhaps even deeper uh, of Wagner's departure. And and that's kind of the sentiment I've seen a lot of, of fans, and some 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 teammates have kind of shared that same sentiment that, yeah, I mean, the Russell Wilson trade was obviously disappointing and, you know, makes the Seahawks not as good of a team. But it looks like the the general consensus is that the Wagner departure really cut people deeper. And I think Metcalf Metcalf is in that. And and he made some comments as well about how this is kind of his time and his his opportunity now to become a leader. And I looked at the, the this just out of curiosity, Corbin, on, on the roster. And uh, Metcalf went, he was the 11th youngest player on the roster last year. And after all these moves, he's now 21st youngest, which he's, he's, he's right in the middle of the pack now, which is. And he's I 24. Little...
0: It's not like he's an old man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. He's still kind of a kid. And all of a sudden he's, uh, he's right in the middle of the pack as far as age goes. And at this rate, he might be the elder statesman in a couple of years. But um, really, this is an opportunity, a really big opportunity for Metcalf to take on a different
0: role. It's interesting that you mentioned the different perspectives when it came to Wilson and Wagner. Now, I'm not looking to stir anything up by saying this, because Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, I don't think that there were bad vibes between them. That is not what I am saying at all. I mean, Metcalf used to go out to Southern California to work out with Wilson during the offseason. And so I don't think that they had a bad relationship. I think that they were fairly close. But it was very obvious with the way he spoke yesterday, at least to me. And I think you would agree, based on what you just said, that Bobby Wagner's departure hurt him much more than Russell Wilson leaving, even though he said he was shocked and you know getting the call while he was doing a Gatorade photo shoot the morning the trade was announced. He was told about an hour before the news broke by a personnel director that this is maybe going to happen. So he got the heads up, and then it, it does happen. It just all in a matter of an hour. Very quick move there. So he was shell shocked by that. But I think, like the rest of his teammates, I mean, everybody knew these rumors were out there. And, you know, I'll admit it, I didn't think a trade was going to happen because I didn't think that the right deal was out there. And that included the Denver Broncos. I did not envision the Seahawks just trading him just to trade him. And they obviously got a pretty nice package back considering the circumstances. But I mean, teammates knew, they knew that Russell Wilson was not happy. In Seattle anymore and there have been plenty of murmurs out there about players saying that he checked out I don't know how much accuracy there is to that I think the way that he played at times in the second half suggests that may have been the case but the other thing is when you look at his chemistry with DK Metcalf they just they weren't in sync last year they had the three touchdown game towards the end of the season but you take that out of the equation and it just felt like there were so many receptions and so many yards left in the field with Russell Wilson not able to get the ball to his star receiver. When Geno Smith was in, Geno Smith could get the football to him. It seemed like the chemistry was better. So there were some people that wondered if if Metcalf wanted Geno Smith out there instead. I don't know that there's any truth to any of this, but there certainly were some signs there. Metcalf was frustrated, the actions on the sidelines, and that's something he's going to have to get over. If you're going to be a leader for your team, he's going to have to rein in some of those temper tantrums that we saw last year. But I think he knows that based on what he said yesterday. Like, hey, I was able to sit back and let those guys lead. Wagner and Wilson aren't there now. And so the onus is on him. He doesn't need to change who he is. But you need to lead by example. And that also includes with the way your emotions are kept in check. And so I was very encouraged by a lot of the things he said yesterday. Uh, I'm with you, though. It just seemed like the Wagner departure cut deeper than Wilson leaving. And maybe it was something where even if he said he was shocked, you know, he was anticipating maybe that could happen. But I really think it boils down to he just had a closer relationship with Bobby Wagner, who wanted to stay in Seattle as well. I think a lot of the other teammates knew that, and that maybe changed the way that they viewed these moves. One wanted to be here and still was bought in. The other one, not so much. And, yeah, the difference with uh, Geno Smith out there is pretty stark. Just looking at the stats –
1: you know, I think Geno Smith did a pretty good job of playing the role of point guard. I know we've been using that that uh, reference a lot, um, just with March Madness. You know, you, the point guard. You know, you got to get the ball to your your best shooter, and and for the past couple of years, the best shooter quote on the Seahawks has been DK Metcalf, and he just hasn't gotten the ball as much as he should. And I I I think it's been really telling. I have a I have a ton of respect for DK Metcalf, just in some of the things I've heard, um, just some of some of the people I've talked to myself that have connections with the organization say, you know, they, they have an up, they have, they have an utmost respect for him, his work ethic. You know, he's a smart kid. And I, I really do think that these comments are genuine. And when he's saying things like, you know, it's my, t- it's time for me to step up and be a leader. It's my time in Seattle. That's the way I'm looking at it. I think that's a very mature approach and, and thinking, yeah, like you mentioned, maybe some self-reflection. He has five penalties in his career so far of, you know, the personal foul unsportsmanlike conduct or rejection <laughs> uh, variety and I think that those definitely need to go by the wayside if he is going to maybe, maybe someday have that C on that Jersey. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm not saying that's going to happen this year, but that could be something down the line. Like I just said, he's, he's all of a sudden become one of the older, <laughs> older guys in the room. And, and it, that's, that's before the draft class comes in too. So you know. that, that's going to get even higher. Um, I, I just think that this is a good self-reflection for him. I think I'm a, I, I think this is a great time for him to, to step up and take a bigger role um, cause of course we were all like that once we were all kind of young and, and, and impulsive. And, and, you know, we also weren't, I at least wasn't a millionaire doing that. And on TV all the time, <laughs> thank God, or at least the, the TV part, I would love to be a millionaire, but <laughs> uh, I think Metcalf has really had an, an introspective off season. And I think he's going to come out a better football player and a better, better professional for it. I have very high hopes for his future.
0: And I know that he's looking forward to that next contract. And that maybe was the last thing that I took away yesterday. It is clearly evident to me that DK Metcalf wants to be in Seattle. He wants to be with the Seahawks long-term. There's been a couple big contracts handed out to Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. I expect Metcalf's going to be fetching that kind of money. But without Russell Wilson's contract on the books, You need to spend money to keep great players. So I think this deal gets done, and if he shows that he's more of a leader and more mature to go along with his talents, then it's going to be a lot easier for John Schneider to say, you know what, I'm willing to pay $25 million per year because this guy not only helps us on the field with his catches and his touchdowns, but he also is a guy that the team looks up to and he keeps the team together if he's able to do that and grow in that regard then a 4 or 5 year contract with huge money like that quarterback money is well worth it especially for a team that's in a period of transition we're going to get to free agency here in a moment with some superlatives around 2 weeks into free agency a number of signings made by the Seahawks up to this point we're going to be dishing out some superlatives we're going to have some fun we always like to play these games on Blue Friday. It's that time of year as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. Tons of great games. We're officially in the Sweet 16. Today, the mighty St. Peter's Peacocks. They're still alive with a 15 seed. They'll be taking on Purdue. For all the latest odds, contests, and player props to make the right bets during March Madness, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting and wagering informational needs, including live betting, your favorite Vegas casino games, and, of course, the return of baseball, as evidenced by Nick Sporting, his Mariners polo. Finally, America's pastime is back. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, Blue Friday edition. I'm Corbin Smith. Joining me for today's show, Nick Lee. Thanks for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. And make sure to check out the Locked on NFL podcast. We've got analysts covering all 32 teams five days a week streaming on YouTube and also available in audio versions on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major platforms. So make sure to check it out and subscribe. We're now almost two weeks into free agency, Nick. The Seahawks have made a number of moves retaining their own players. They've also signed some outside free agents, still plenty of work left to do. Not a ton of cap space I talked about yesterday, but they have some other positions they still need to fill as we get closer to the draft. Since we're now to the midway point in free agency, in free agency, I would say we're probably into the third wave now of free agency. I think it's time for us to play a game and dish out some superlatives. You and I love doing these type of things on Friday, and there's more than enough signings now for us to dissect and look into these superlatives. Let's start off with our first one here, and that's just the best signing, real, plain and simple. What, in your opinion, when you look at value, the player they're bringing in, what has been the best signing for the Seahawks so far in free agency?
1: Yeah, there's a difference I guess between best value as far as you know bang for your buck. We'll get to that one and the best overall signing. For me, the best overall signing hands down is Quandre Dix. You you retain a top 10 safety. He is a top 10 safety in my book and he's now the highest the eighth highest paid safety and he's definitely playing like it. He's seventh since 2020, he is seventh in approximate value among safeties in Pro Football Reference. And one of just three safeties to earn Pro Bowl selections the last two se- each of the last two seasons, absolutely a top ten safety. And now he's being paid like it. And I expect him. And he's still pretty young, um, as far as you know. The, some of the other guys on the board there. So I, I have high expectations for Quandre Diggs time in Seattle. And I think especially when when you're probably going to bring in a rookie quarterback eventually, and you're you're kind of rebuilding around a, a cheaper quarterback. And that means that hopefully it frees you up to to make some splashes elsewhere. And I think one of the splashiest moves of his whole offseason was not letting your Pro Bowl safety go. And so Quandre Diggs, home run, home run signing for me.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're going to agree on all these. But to me, there's Diggs and then there's everyone else because he is a top 10 safety. I could make an argument he could be a top five safety when you look at the numbers. He is the only defensive player in the NFL the last five years that's had at least three interceptions in every season. The guy is consistent. He's reliable. He's a ball hawk. He's extremely likable, whether you're in the locker room or you're a reporter that's getting burned on press conferences. Trust me, I've got tons of experience on that avenue with Quandre Diggs, one of my favorite players to cover and just seeing how he plays against NFC West rivals, too. I mean, he picked off Garoppolo last year. He picked off Matthew Stafford, his former teammate, twice last season. Welcome to the division, buddy. I'm going to pick you off. And one of them was in the end zone to take away a potential touchdown. I mean, he just is clutch. He's a playmaker. And that is such an important position in this defense. He'll come up and he'll thump you, too. So $13 million, a little over $13 million per year. He's 29. I think he's got a ton of good football left in him. I love this signing to me is the best one they've made. Now, next up, you mentioned it, best bang for buck deal. So this is really looking at what are you getting the best deal looking at the pennies? And I think there are a couple different players you could consider for this one. Which one jumps out to you, Nick? Oh, I had a hard time with this
1: one. I, I actually really like Justin Coleman signing. Just I think that's, that's a sneaky good one that could turn into one. Um, but for me, can I pick Rashad Penny? Is that, is that allowed? <laughs> um, I know it's, it's running backs, you know, he's fine. 5.75 million. There were, I were seeing, I was seeing some crazy numbers before he signed just of, of some rumors and some things like this is how much it's going to take to bring Penny back. I was starting to see things flirting with the double digits and getting him back for five points. I think it's 5.75 million. He is, he, I mean, straight up last five weeks of the year, he was the number one running back in the NFL. He was. Yeah. And right now he's being paid like the, uh, 18th best. <laughs> so he's uh, th- that's a value pick right there. And guys like, uh, Chase Edmonds, Kareem Hunt, James Connor, Melvin Gordon, those guys are making more money than, than, Rashad Penny this year. And for a good stretch of the last part of the year, he was better than every single one of those guys. So if you're getting that Rashad Penny, I- I'm kind of taking it from that angle. If you're getting the Rashad Penny of, you know, descent late, you know, late November, December,
0: That is an absolute steal. I'm going to go on the defensive side of the football. I actually considered Penny, but I think that the best contract that Seattle signed from a value perspective was actually Sidney Jones. One year for $3.6 million. And the way that he played the last six or seven weeks last season, if you can bottle that up, he's only 26. We know that he was a surefire first-round pick until he ended up injuring his Achilles in Washington's Pro Day several years back. He had a lot of injury issues. That's the one thing that you worry about, his durability. But he showed toughness last year that I had not seen from him as a tackler. He was coming up and sticking people, 66 tackles for the Seahawks last year. And he was fantastic the last six weeks of the season. He talked to reporters the other day about the scheme fit being perfect for him. A lot of tight match cover three. Uh, more man coverage, I think that this is going to be great for him looking at his skill set and the fact that he's improved as a tackler to go with it. I think you're going to start seeing some of those pass deflections that he had last year start turning into picks because he has really good ball skills, just didn't get many opportunities to show that last year in regard to interceptions. I think he starts getting them with some of these scheme shifts that we're going to see. If you can get a season where he starts 14, 15 or more games and he's playing at a high level, $3.6 for his services. He could make a little over four with incentives, but if he's getting those incentives, then it's already a fantastic deal. So I think that this was the best bargain that they made. And Uchenna Nwosu, I know you paid him more money. He was my honorable mention here, just because I think there's a very high ceiling for him going into his fifth season in the NFL. Next up here, most questionable, and you and I are not big on negatives, but every team has free agent deals they signed that, Maybe you're regrettable, or you look at the numbers like, you know, that doesn't necessarily match up to you. What's the most questionable deal the Seahawks have made so far? Well, the one position for the last
1: couple seasons where I feel like that guy, I think it's like a soccer analyst for ESPN, is like,
0: what are we doing?
1: What are we doing? That's center. What are we doing? And the center is maybe it's because I'm biased as a former center myself, but like it's such an important position. And Austin Blythe, you know, last year, I was actually very on board with that, but after seeing what what happened in Kansas City, where he was basically a no-show, twelve total snaps all season long, you know, healthy scratch, and he just he just wasn't a part of their their plan, didn't crack the lineup. Um, I, I I soured pretty quickly on him as a possible s- uh, situation at center. So really, right now, your centers are Austin Blythe and Kyle Fuller. And I mean, just what are we doing? <laughs> I, I I'm I'm I was disappointed. At, you know, you I know guys like Ben Jones. Ryan Jensen went back to the teams that they had previously were going to leave um, for for various reasons. One being, you know, Tom Brady was back. I think everyone's kind of jumping back on the uh, pirate ship there in Tampa, but uh, I, I just, there's, there were some options at center and still are actually technically Matt Paredes, uh, Matt Paredes was a guy I have my eye on. Who's at least serve, uh, you know, marginally better than what the Seahawks currently have at, at center. So my biggest disappointment is, is, is twofold as the Austin Bly signing and also just the lack of, of impact and in, in, in or sorry, the questionable is the most that just I'm questioning the Seahawks plan at center.
0: I have to go to the tight end position and I, it's not bashing Will Disley at all, because I think Will Disley is a very solid tight end. And I could maybe make the argument that he's a top 15 tight end who has not been used properly in the passing game. We know what he did with the in, before the injuries his first two years. He is capable of being a contributor in the passing game. He is a very solid blocker. With that being said, three years for $24 million, that left me scratching my bald head a little bit. Not because I don't like the player. i just am looking at the amount of money there. Now, they're protected after the first two years if it doesn't work out. And they can get out from under this deal, but I mean, he's got a nine-plus million dollar cap hit in 2023. That is a top-10 tight end cap hit. If he goes out and has the best year of his career this year, then maybe the Seahawks look extremely smart about this. It's but it, than like they, it just seems like they outbid themselves to an extent here to keep a player that they obviously have great respect for. Is a good player. I just don't know that he's as good as the money that they ended up paying him here. So that is one I think that could be an issue. Real quick, last one here. Biggest surprise and biggest disappointment. It can be players that have been signed. It can be players that haven't been signed from a Seahawks perspective. What have been the biggest surprises and disappointments for you during this first two weeks of free agency? Well, I'll
1: go with uh, one positive, one negative for surprise. And and that one, like I mentioned, is that center, just with the lack of real impact and offensive line really. And I guess I'm going to cheat and kind of do both of those. The biggest disappointment and biggest surprise has been the, the lack of, of true talent um, and bringing in at, at tackle, you know, Dwayne Brown, where the heck are, where the heck's Dwayne Brown and at center. I mean, you probably, you know, the two most important positions on the offensive line center and left tackle. And right now the depth chart, I believe it shows Stone stone Forsyth in there. And then you got Jake Curran at at the other tackle spot. You know, he's got some upside too, but certainly, with with especially with a new quarterback most likely or a, a younger quarterback at, at at any rate um and coming in you, you want to have at least a little bit of protection and i'm a little worried about that so definitely my my biggest surprise and disappointment are both twofold in their plans and their lack of of impact signings at center and tackle and then my biggest surprise as far as positive goes was Quentin jefferson I, I was I saw that on my phone. I, I was out and about running errands or something like that, and I said that I see the uh, I I subscribe to a few writers and you know yourself on Twitter and also uh, you know like Ian Rapport and those guys, and I see that Quinn Jefferson's back. I'm like oh, like that got me a little excited. Like hey yeah I, I like I like that a lot, and not only that, um, I, I didn't see a reunion happening, but he's coming off of one of the better years of his career, mm-hmm. career high four and a half sacks, career high twenty five pressures, career high sixteen quarterback hits, and a, a very solid year in Vegas. And if he can kind of summon that and bring it back to Seattle, hopefully it's a positive reunion with everybody. And getting that kind of production from the middle of your defensive line, that's that's a big, that's a sneaky good signing. So I'm always, I was surprised to, to see him back, but I'm very glad he is.
0: He's had at least 30 pressures each of the past four seasons, according to Pro Football Focus. He had 50 last year. He is a very underrated interior rusher. He's not going to get a ton of sacks, but he's going to turn up the heat. And Seattle just needs guys that can do that in general. So I liked that move. That was one I considered for this. But for me, the biggest surprise is that they haven't brought back Dwayne Brown. Everything that I have been told, and this includes the player himself, He wanted to come back. Now, maybe Russell Wilson not being here anymore has changed that, but it doesn't look like there's much of a market for the soon-to-be 37-year-old tackle. I think he's still got enough left in the tank to start a couple more years. He played really well the last eight games last year. After they changed centers, I I really think that that impacted his game tremendously moving back to Ethan Posick. But I'm just surprised that they haven't done anything there. And now they don't have a ton of cap space to be able to bring him back. So – who knows that we'll see Brown back in town, but he hasn't signed with anybody yet. That's been a surprise for me. Biggest disappointment. I really wanted DJ Reed back. You look at what he did last year. He's 25 years old. He's got the athleticism to be a really good man cover corner. He's feisty. He comes up and he hits people. He checked off everything for the Seahawks, except he's 5'9 and doesn't have very long arms, but he checked off every other box. They're looking for a corner. And, Maybe $11 million per year is a bit more than the Seahawks really wanted to pay him. But I think that he earned that money. I mean, he had numbers that were very similar to all four corners that were all pro selections last year. He didn't give up a touchdown after week four. And again, he's 25. He's an ascending player. I wanted to keep both him and Sidney Jones. And with the contract that Will Disley was given, a couple of the other moves they've made, I feel like some of that money could have been given to try to bring back DJ Reed. I think that could in the long run be the move that they regret not making the most regrettable move for this off maybe aside you know, we'll see what happens with, you know, trading Russell Wilson, but uh, DJ Reed letting him go. I think that's one that could come back to potentially bite the Seahawks in the long run real quick. I'm just going to throw one other award in here. Just made this one up the best glad we didn't do it move. And, that would be Deshaun Watson. I think you and I would both agree on that one. The press conference with the Browns today. Um, yeah, so I'm going to leave it at that. Our listeners can go check it out. But so um, the Seahawks were linked to him for a short while, and then he apparently rejected the Seahawks. My opinion. I'm so thankful that he did. Thanks, Deshaun. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a great player, but uh, I'm glad the Seahawks are not you know, running that circus at the VMAC right now. That would be something else. All right, moving away from free agency here. When we return... Next segment, we're going to be taking a look at the quarterback position because, yes, I know we've talked about it a bunch, but there are still a ton of question marks there with Russell Wilson no longer being in the mix, Geno Smith still unsigned, and there are a number of names out there that could be options for the Seahawks as we continue in the offseason. Just like the quarterback position for the Seahawks, if you're looking for options for your pre workout snack, you got to always roll with Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are missing out 100% chocolate. It's basically a marshmallow on steroids covered in chocolate. Delicious. It doesn't taste like a protein bar. Amazing flavors, including churro and banana cream pie. That's my personal favorite. I'll eat an entire box in one sitting, and I'm not afraid to admit it. Built Bars have less than 200 calories, only a few net carbs, and 17 grams of protein to give me everything that I need before I go out to lift weights, or in the last week when I started running sprints to train for the Seahawks Media Combine, you name it, I go with Built Bar anytime that I'm working out, even when I'm not working out. It's kind of an addiction because they taste delicious. There's also amazing flavors for regular built bars. You've got peanut butter brownie, my personal favorite, cookies and cream, salted caramel, tons of amazing flavors. They're coming out with new ones all the time. So make sure to check them out. Visit built.com and use the code locked on to get 15% off your next order. That's built.com to get 15% off on your next order with the code locked on. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Join me for Blue Friday, Nick Lee. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. All right, Nick, let's talk quarterbacks. This is something that you and I have discussed wanting to go over on our Friday episode when we're together. But we haven't had an opportunity yet. And obviously, Rob and I have talked a lot about this position. But no Russell Wilson. Right now, the Seahawks have Drew Locke and they have Jacob Eason. Those are the two quarterbacks that are on their roster Easton's played like ten snaps in the NFL, and he threw an interception. You've got Drew Locke. You had a really solid first season, went four and one as a starter, and then the last two years have been a disaster for him for a number of different reasons. Some on on him, some of them on the circumstances. But those are the two guys that are on the depth chart, and that leaves the Seahawks still scanning the market, seeing which guys might be out there. There've been a number of players linked to them. As it stands though, it looks to me like the way that they're parading Drew Locke around on social media, the way the coaches have talked, it really looks like they are selling the idea. This is who we hope is going to be our starter in 2022.
1: Yeah, from the comments that Pete Carroll made about how they evaluated him in the draft and, and how they liked him a lot then and and now, I mean that they're gonna I think they're trying to convince us and can maybe convince themselves. That this is a good idea. <laughs> that that Drew Lock is, is gonna be QB one. Um, my if I if I had, was a betting man and I had to put money down on what 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 will we see week one, I think it'll be Drew Locke and a rookie. I, I think we'll we'll see a Drew a Drew Locke as the as the presumed starter going into camp and they're gonna draft somebody. I'm I'm not sure they'll be able to get Malik Willis anymore. We'll see. Um, but a quarterback that the Seahawks get in the draft, you know, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, you know, one of those guys. Um, and and bring him in and, and having him compete with uh, with Drew Lock. I think that's the most likely scenario. um I, I'm not super excited about it because I I've done uh, some research on Drew Lock and and I, I, as far as he is a person as a stuff like that I don't I don't have anything bad to say there. um But I, I did I, I worked on an article f- uh, to bring in one of my personal favorites Gardner Minshew, Minshew Mania. I would love to see that in Seattle. And I, I, I was doing some research, and you know, since twenty nineteen, of quarterbacks that have made at least ten starts. Drew, Loc- I think there's forty nine total quarterbacks. Drew Locke is forty sixth in completion percentage and forty third in passer rating of forty nine quarterbacks. That's that's yeah. pretty dreadful. You know who is eighteenth and thirty second, respectively, in those categories since then? Mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew, former Wazoo Cougar, folklore hero whatever you do, you know, he's got the 70s, you know, what stash, you know, all, all that stuff. I, I think he would, it would just be a great, I, I know it would cost him a draft pick, but a very low draft pick, but that'd be my, if I, if I was just playing Madden with this season to make the season a bit more tolerable, I guess, and it's just transition mode, bringing in Gardner Minshew, you know, with the Wazoo faction of, of, B, of uh, Seahawks fans and just with just his charisma and the dude's a winner. Dude just finds ways to win ball games. I know he's not the most talented quarterback in the world, but he's he's put up some numbers that are better than Drew Locke's. So if I had so I, I think Drew Locke's probably going to be the guy with a rookie, but if I had to pick it, if I was playing Madden GM, I'd maybe see if I can throw a seventh rounder to Philly and see if they'll give us Gardner Minshew.
0: I just get the feeling from what John Schneider has said and the way that things are playing out, things that I've heard from other people that are in the notes. I get the feeling that John Schneider does not want to give up any of his draft picks for a quarterback right now. If Deshaun Watson would have had interest in playing here and did not have the off-field baggage, then I think that he would have much more strongly considered making that move. Because you're talking about a guy that can be an all-pro caliber quarterback. He has that kind of talent. But you've got Baker Mayfield out there, who I... I am not a huge fan of Baker Mayfield's game necessarily. I don't think he's ever going to be elite, but I also think that the media has dragged him way more than they need to. I mean, he had 26 touchdowns and eight picks in 2020, and the Browns went 11-5. and five. I think if you've got the pieces around him, Baker Mayfield can be a very capable starting quarterback, and I think John Schneider would have some interest in him. He's just not going to trade stuff away for an $18 million contract that's all guaranteed. Like Baker Mayfield has for this year. I just don't think he's interested in doing that. I don't think he's interested in shipping a fifth round pick to the Eagles for Gardner Minshew. I don't think the Eagles would give him up for a seventh. They traded a sixth to get him. I just don't think they would do that. And I think they respect him. They value him enough as a backup. They're going to want something decent. Tyler Huntley in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson's playing style, they need to have a good backup behind him. And so I don't think you'd be able to get him without giving up a fairly high draft pick. I just don't see John Schneider being interested in that. He wants his picks so that he can accelerate the rebuild, the reload, if they want to use that word, of this football team, which leads me to the other couple guys that are out there. If Baker Mayfield gets cut by the Browns, I predict he ends up in Seattle. I think John Schneider will be jumping on that immediately because I think he likes Mayfield. He just doesn't love him enough to be like, oh, hey, Cleveland, who has no leverage. Here's a fourth round pick for him. They're not going to do that. They're going to hope that Cleveland gets in a desperate situation and they're like, we don't want him holding a clipboard and being a distraction, so we're going to cut him. That leaves the other two names here. If you don't end up with Mayfield, Geno Smith, Pete Carroll the other day on a couple of interviews with ESPN and with KJR, he made it sound like Geno Smith was already on this team even though he's not signed. That's the way that I interpreted it. So going off what you said, I could see Drew Locke, Geno Smith, and a rookie all competing, and then Jacob Eason. I mean – You don't have a franchise quarterback, so let four of them go to town. It's all about competition with Pete Carroll, so why not? And going off of that, if Geno Smith's not your guy, he obviously had the DUI at the end of the season. That was not a good look. Maybe the Seahawks are willing to overlook that at this point because they do like Geno Smith. But you've got Colin Kaepernick waiting in the wings as well, and he was in Seattle two days ago working out with Aaron Fuller. He was throwing passes to Tyler Lockett last month. I think he looks like he's in fantastic shape. He can still sling the football. And I've seen some people like, he's doing it against air. I don't care. I can tell what arm strength is. He can still fling that thing in there. He can still spin that pigskin. So, you know, Seattle, Pete Carroll's talked about how much he likes Colin Kaepernick and their interest For five years, put your money where your mouth is. I'm not advocating for him to be your starter in week one. If he If he comes in and he wins the job, then that's awesome. I'm not advocating that, but I'm saying give the guy an opportunity, at least an organized workout in front of you with some receivers. Give him a chance to see what he can do. And even anti-Kaepernick people have to at least be willing to consider that. And if he comes in and performs well, you can sign him for a cheap contract. It's similar to Geno Smith. You can have Locke, Kaepernick, and a rookie. None of this is going to deter you from picking a quarterback next month. And so I think the Seahawks have a lot of flexibility. They have a lot of options here. At the same time, <laughs> none of them are sure things. Do you know if any of these guys can be franchise quarterbacks? Rookies, you certainly don't know that with. And so there's intrigue, but it's also terrifying as a fan because you feel like I'm and cur- uh, in, I'm in quarterback purgatory and you don't know when you're going to get out of it. The 90s reminded us that it can take a decade or more to get out of that situation.
1: Yeah, I kept saying in the latter years, of Russell Wilson, enjoy it while it's here, because when he's gone, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding. And here we are talking about Drew Lock and convincing ourselves that Geno Smith and you know Colin Kaepernick Baker Mayfield might be the man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say though, Corbin, um, if if people want to dig deep into my stuff, you now Twitter, podcasts, and and I I was not a huge Kaepernick fan. You know, politics aside, I just. At the end, he, he he did not have a great last couple years with the Niners, and I, I just wonder, you know, with where where his pursuits have been off the field, and what you know, how much better could he have gotten, and, and that kind of thing. But now I'm just like with, especially with no Russell Wilson in town, what do you have to lose? Nothing, just nothing. And imagine, just imagine for a second, selfishly, he works out, he wins the job. He actually becomes a pretty decent player. Imagine just the PR just parade that the Seahawks would get a positive, mostly positive. I think of, of, giving Kaepernick a chance. He, he shines and he actually performs well. I think that would be a a, a place like Seattle, I think would embrace that. I think Um, so that, that, that possibility, I know it's kind of a pipe dream, but that possibility is a little tantalizing, but really I'm, I'm in, I'm in camp. You have nothing to lose. What the heck right now?
0: I feel that way with a number of the guys we just mentioned. I mean, you need all the competition you can get. And it goes with Pete Carroll's mantra, always compete. You know, put your money where your mouth is. I've said that a couple times here. You could say it with the quarterback position, with the idea of always competing. You can say it with Colin Kaepernick. I mean, he said a few years ago they didn't sign him because he's a starter and we have a starter. Well, you don't have a starter right now. Maybe Drew Locke can be that guy, but we don't know that. He's not walking into this situation with anything guaranteed. He made that clear speaking with reporters earlier this week. So you don't have a starter. You have no excuse now. If he comes in and works out for you and he looks good, you sign him. And I know there'd be some PR windfall that wouldn't be positive, but I think that there would be way more positive PR spin from this, especially in the Pacific Northwest, especially if he comes in and plays well. Yeah, you're going to sell a ton of jerseys. There are going to be non seahawk fans that really respect Colin Kaepernick and what he has stood for, or in this case, kneeled for that are going to come out and buy his Seahawks jersey. There are a lot of different reasons for wanting to make that move. You want to, you want football to be first and foremost in this business, but if he comes in and he performs on well a workout again, like you said, what do you have to lose? So I think the point of the story here is we're going to keep talking about it. Cause this is not going anywhere. The Seahawks have to figure out the quarterback position, but They have a lot of options to consider in free agency. They've got the draft coming up. They have a number of quarterbacks to consider in early rounds. Maybe they go with a later-round guy that's more of a developmental player. We don't know what John Schneider and Pete Carroll are going to opt to do. But the one thing we do know is they have a lot of different avenues that they can go down. And as they try to piece this roster around, whoever the quarterback is going to be, um, again, a lot of flexibility a lot of alternatives to consider and johnson and pete carroll are optimistic and they're excited about that being able to rebuild and reload this roster so time will tell what's going to happen there but nonetheless no russell wilson you're gonna have somebody different under center drew lock right now looks like the favorite maybe that changes in the next week depending what happens to the number of the players that we just mentioned. Thanks as always for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinSmithNFL. You can also follow Nick at Nick Lee 51 Be ready for a barrage of Padres tweets because baseball... Sorry, i no, sorry. Yeah, there will still be some Seahawks tweets sprinkled in there. You can check out the Locked On Seahawks podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, streaming five days a week on YouTube. Coming up on Monday, we'll have our latest Mock Draft Monday installment. Maybe there'll be some new free agency news as well as we continue our off season. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks.